1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Rere, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we're going to be doing a midweek recap for you all. We've got one game to recap for you all and then we're doing an NWSL weekend preview. So lots of matches to get through today. Before we get into all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL extended highlights, exclusive interviews, our live recaps, and so much more. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Hit subscribe. Helps us out big time. Lisa, we're doing it again. (laughs) We're live. How are you doing this morning?
0: I'm good. I like when we go live. This is fun. We usually go live in the evenings or in the afternoons, but these 10 a.m. lives are pretty fun. Um, I'm good. We had one midweek game, and then we've got a full slate of games between Friday and Saturday coming up this weekend. And a lot to talk about um, with Washington and Chicago, who played last night. They're both playing again. Quick turnarounds. We know that's been really the name of the game, but it, it slows down after this, at least for Washington Spirit.
1: Yeah, finally. It sort of maybe <laughs> feels like if you're on if you're on the spirit side of things or if you're even a neutral who just takes a look at their front load of this of the early season here and say gosh, that's a lot of uh that's a lot of matches. So it sort of feels like a, a clash uh, in multiple ways with with this game that we're about to get through with Washington Spirit versus Chicago because with the Spirit it's like the tail end of this sort of very exhaustive um match-heavy schedule and then you've got Chicago Red Stars who are really in the beginning stages of their next one, I think they, they've got a similar vibe coming up where it's several uh, games over the next like 12 days or so. So let's talk spirit versus Chicago Red Stars. I think one of the first things we got to talk about, Lisa, was, was our picks. Um, we, I think you had spirit in this one yes. And for the sake of the one match. I was like, I can't choose a draw. When we only are review like previewing one game. And I said, I'm, for the sake of Perry, I'm gonna go with Chicago. But I really wanted to choose a draw. And you know what? I should have went with my gut. But we're both losers in <laughs> this one. We get to talk about it. We were both incorrect. A one-one draw for these two teams. Uh, let, let's let's start at the, at the very beginning because I would love to maybe um, talk about and highlight some individual players and performances here. Heck yeah! When we saw these when we saw these starting lineups drop here. Spirit put out their 11. Chicago Red Stars put out their 11. What were some of your first impressions on seeing some of the names uh, on these starting lineups?
0: For Chicago, we we knew that uh, Mallory Pugh wasn't going to get the start, which I wasn't at all surprised with. She's still coming back from... um her concussion and getting back into gameplay, but I was maybe expecting to see her start and then come off in like the 60th minute or so. Um, instead, we, we didn't get her in at the start. We got her subbing on at halftime, which I am okay with for sure to see that. Um, but I liked it. when we look at Washington and this starting lineup, there was no Kelly O'Hara, which we knew she was probably going to still be out for this one. Um, but also not having a certain player rotations in there as consistently as they were with different subs that were ultimately able to come in at halftime. Andy Sullivan being a huge player in that sense. Um, But when we looked at like the, the lineup, I like seeing Sanchez in the back, but in the midfield, but Aubrey Harding playing that striker up top. I was a little surprised to see that with Hatch on the wing um, and seeing those different rotations. But, I mean, a number of rookies getting their first starts on both sides, but mostly Chicago. So I, I liked this, and I liked that we were getting a good mix of players that have a lot of experience and a lot of minutes under them and also players that were getting their first NWSL starts and maybe had only played 70 minutes up until this point.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of had a similar uh, reaction to that. I was like, okay. I was like, we've got some, we've got some rotation in the mix for you know, in, in and to a certain extent for both of these teams. And I think on the Chicago side of things, I think maybe a little bit heavier uh, for, for them, just considering um, the timing of everything. So we got the spirit, like I said, on the tail end of their heavy match loaded now Chicago starting off on theirs. Uh, so some choices <laughs> were made certainly uh, by the coaching staff to sort of, uh, you know, sort of iron out the, what the logistics were going to look like for the personnel on the pitch. But the Chicago Red Stars, I think at this point, it's not, it's not, too much of a surprise or or, or old or, or brand new news or brand new information for people out there where it's saying, Hey, this is a team that yeah, well, it's got some veterans and some experienced players on their team. There are a slew of new faces oh, yeah. for this Chicago Red Stars team. I think even just uh, on the match over the weekend that was at home, went to go cover it locally. Just even looking at the starting lineups then and then the bench, it's like there are the bench for Chicago Red Stars has you know, five to six new first yeah. year players on the bench. Like that's who you have coming off of your best. So, And then it's like you fast forward to this midweek match and a ton of them are getting starts. So you're, you know, it was, it was first regular season starts for, for Jill Aguilera, for Sammy Fisher. And then you've got um Sarah Griffin still getting, you know, tabbed with, with uh, a start in this one to continue her development. So Um, It it was interesting. I was like, okay, I said, so maybe we're something to keep an eye on here in this match. And then as 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 kickoff commences, Red Stars, these these new these first year players uh, on the front foot, saw high press, saw them being a little bit aggressive in the attack. Um, And you have to wonder if maybe part of it uh, was, you know, maybe just due to lack of experience. And that's that's, uh, you know, not me paying an ill you know compliment i just it's just the truth it's just their first year players and they're still getting adjusted to the pro yeah. level so you have all these great opportunities uh from this red stars team uh being able to you know just get a bunch of different looks in the final third which is promising in itself for a bunch of first year players but just not being able to get the finishing they did get on the board early we're talking like within the opening 10 minutes and it's sarah Griffith, uh, the rookie. Uh, sending in some service and, and Ella Stevens is there to, to put it away. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, these, these, uh, the young ones are out here
0: making things, uh, you know, a difficult day for, for Washington spirit to start things out. Exactly. I mean, that was really fun to see. And also having Sarah Lubert on the bench. Uh, She ultimately did sub into this game. She got about 25 minutes or so for Chris Petroselli and the Chicago Red Stars. But good to see her back um, in a jersey on a bench and also on the pitch getting minutes. But yeah, this this quick start for Chicago. I mean, at the first 10 minutes of this game, Washington looked, um, heavy legged. They looked a little tired. They were trying to, uh, get the ball underneath of them. And Chicago was controlling a lot of the possession, especially in this first 10 minutes and getting the ball wide, sending, sending crosses in. And this combination play between Griffith and then Ella Stevens in the in the center was really well done. I mean, yes, the attack of it was so great. And the cross in had great texture on it, curling towards the back post. It was a great run by Stevens. She just notches her head on it and flicks it on towards the back post. But defensively, hello, Washington, where the heck was your defense? Emily (laughs) standing right there. Um, I believe it was Rodriguez who was also standing there like watching Ella Stevens. Uh, head this ball beautifully into the net. So a bit of a miscommunication there on the back line for Washington yeah. as, I mean, the ball was um, at wide and then it went central and then it half cleared by Washington and then Chicago able to pick it up again. And Washington back line just didn't mark up. They didn't check their shoulder and make sure they were standing near a player. Um, but it was a really good goal to see from Chicago, a team goal as well. And And that set the tone at the start of this yeah. game. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, Chicago is here to play and Washington looks a little tired, at least for the first 15, 20 minutes of this game. And then things started to open up a little bit more and we started to see a little bit more freedom from players uh, for Washington Spirit, like Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, um, Harding even. But the midfield, Taylor Elmer, um, I think she had a pretty good game in the midfield for Washington going up against Chicago's midfield. That is a really good midfield with Nagasato and, and DiBernardo in there for sure
1: yeah i uh, i was a little curious as to what um you know the second half was going to look like in this match because some, something i just couldn't help that was just lingering i think in the back of everyone's mind is that the fact of the matter is this is a midweek match it's, it's a quick yeah. turnaround for a lot of these players here is they're going to what is going to be the minute or the moment where we maybe see a shift in intensity in a game like this where uh, Maybe it kind of turns into a little bit of a, of a grind, a little bit of a slug fest, um more like a slog fest, I should say, just where you're just yeah. maybe have heavy legs and you're trying to just kind of get get through it. But we saw some rotation happen uh, in the beginning of this game, obviously, uh, but even more so in the second half for both teams. So, Uh, both coaches utilizing their substitutions uh, for the most part in this match, I believe spirit utilizing all of theirs is Chicago. I think ultimately using about four. So, but we saw players, uh, enter for Chicago in the second half who are, you know, typically part of their starting core. Uh, we saw a player uh, come in, uh, like Colaprico, Pugh coming in for um, for the Red Stars, uh, Ava Cook getting a chance to go out there. So obviously, like, some planned things here to bring off a DiBernardo, a Stevens, a Fisher and try to maybe, at this point, you have a very narrow lead. So maybe at this point, some of the mindset is yes, it's planned, um, but then possibly, Hey, maybe we can actually get out there in this second half with this particular group of players and try to actually win this thing and get all three points. Cause when you're thinking about shifting in Nicola Prico, who's an, another defensive mid kind of maybe shut mm-hmm. things down there. Or uh, Mal Pugh or David Cook, who's also been doing well in her first year, maybe you're getting a run at those back lines and, and trying to secure um, secure a win. But we just uh, we didn't see that uh, for for the Red Stars, which is I'm laughing because in post game head coach Chris Petroselli basically did the same thing. It basically said that there was not uh, there was a game plan in place to maybe even utilize all the remaining subs and possibly bring some more substitutions on. But that with the players they brought in, they felt that maybe they can go out there and win. And he actually joked that uh, it didn't turn out in in their in their favor, because um, I think if you're the spirit side of thing, I mean, you've got some really pretty good assets coming off the bench. Too. Yeah, um, you got an Andy <laughs> Sullivan coming into the mix. And I think that that's a pretty big asset to have if you're the spirit side coming into the second half.
0: Yeah, I mean, player rotation is huge, especially when you have a midweek game, knowing that both teams just played last weekend and they again are set to play either Friday or Saturday of this weekend. So you have to manage minutes for these players. And I think that's probably why we saw players like Jill Aguilera and and Sarah Griffith get a start and more minutes, um, but they've also been playing really, really well. So that helps and it gives players confidence to do that. But um, as this game went on, there was a slew of substitutions in in the Washington side of things that brought out players like Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, Harding up top and, and a Helfer-D that are traditionally key players in getting goals, getting goal scoring opportunities for Chris Ward and his side. Yeah. So at that point I was almost like, okay, what's, what's going to happen here? Like, um, I know you need to play your minute management, especially with Rodman and Sanchez. Uh, Rodman, who has started every single game for Washington this year, uh, the only player to do so. So because of that, seeing those players rotating out and and Amber Brooks coming in and Helferty getting out, who is an engine for Washington. She can just run. Uh, But that that change of flow and having those subs off the bench are huge asset for Chris Ward because Washington ends up getting a goal. They get a set piece opportunity and it's uh, Andy Sullivan who steps up to strike this one and Sam Staub, the center back. She gets her noggin on it, almost flying backwards, but she did whatever she could to get on the end of it. And then it it finds the back of the net. So that was a bit of a, a change in momentum for this team at, in the 86th minute and at this point it was Chicago's game they, they had it they just needed to defend their league they had yeah. opportunities to get a second goal I think Aubrey Kingsbury made some incredible saves in goal for Washington she did a really nice job but ultimately it, it ends in a 1-1 splitting yeah. the points this becomes Washington's fourth draw.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it, we were chatting a little bit off mic, and I'll, I'll bring it on here to the live. But you know, there, there there was so it was so evident a certain moment in this game. It did sort of hit, uh, you know, midweek o'clock, where where it <laughs> just sort of looked like the players were definitely just trying to get through uh, into the match uh, and sort of just reach its conclusion. And for the Chicago and, and the Chicago side of things, I mean, this is this is another dead ball situation that they conceded on. Um, And, you know, at the game against Portland. uh, Two corner kicks. Two corner kicks. Chatted with Kayla Sharples about this uh, after the game. And she expressed, you know, some frustration in that, that it's not just one, but it was two in one game. And this is something that's been occurring for the Chicago Red Stars team that she expressed that there's a certain level of frustration that comes in when you are a team that is kind of pretty organized defensively and is presenting a really good defensive shape throughout the match, only to to then concede on a set piece situation. And I was a defender that could be kind of uh, frustrating, and talked about that's something we got to work on. And then this is another game where that happens, and, and you don't want to become this type of team where all of a sudden there's a ton of footage out there on on how to beat you on a oh. step piece. Um, so we'll see what the Red Stars, you know, do moving moving forward. Uh, it's it's an area where they all agree that they have to to work on.
0: And as you mentioned, it's not something that you want opponents to know about you, but every team in the NWSL is aware right now that you can capitalize on set-piece opportunities against Chicago. So when teams get those opportunities, whether it's a free kick in and around the box or a corner kick or basically any free kick on the attacking half of the field – Those teams are gearing up to get a goal. They look at each other and they say, okay, this is it. This is a weakness for them. We need to capitalize on this and make the most of our chances. And we saw that from Washington. They were able to do that. Um, They had another one towards the very end of the game that was just off the mark. It wasn't even put into play um, by by Andy Sullivan there. But those are the moments that it, it can hurt a team. And for Chicago, they need to turn that around very quickly before Saturday because it that can hurt them if it's just one lapse in moment. When you're controlling so much of the game, yes. you have so much possession, you have so much momentum. A set piece can change everything for a team, especially if you concede on it. It's uh, We'll see what happens for both of these teams moving forward.
1: Goodbye to Segra Field for now. Uh, we won't miss you in the meantime. No. Uh, we have some other games to actually preview now, and we're going to do that.
0: Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash soccer.
2: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: All right, weekend, 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 NWSL action. We've got games going Friday through Saturday this upcoming weekend. Uh, We've got Houston Dash versus Orlando Pride. Friday kicking off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Portland Thorns versus Angel City Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And then Saturday is a quadruple header. Chicago versus O.L. Rain at 3 p.m. Eastern. Gotham FC versus Washington Spirit at 7 p.m. Eastern. Racing Louisville versus North Carolina Courage at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Kansas City Current versus San Diego Wave at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go through all these for you so you know which ones you want to keep a close eye on. Let's start with Friday's games. We've got Houston Dash versus Orlando Pride. Elisa, who are you picking in this one and why?
0: I love this matchup between Houston and Orlando. Uh, Both teams are scoring goals this year and getting them in, in crazy ways for Orlando. They're coming off of a two, two draw with Washington where they got both of their goals in the stoppage time. So 95th minute and the 97th minute, there's something about fight till the end for Orlando that they have. And, When you look at a side like Houston Dash, (laughs) frankly, they have a player like Rachel Daly that just has so much fight in her individually that she can carry an entire team. Um, Between these two sides, though, they need wins. I mean, when you look at them in the standings, Orlando, they need to get on the winning side of of – they're 2-2-2, two, two and two, and they just got to get some wins under their belt, and this is an opportunity against Houston to do that. Can Orlando score early? Can they hold a lead in this match? Can they continue to battle? I mean, these two sides, um, it, I like this matchup, frankly. I like this matchup a lot. I could see it ending in a draw, but I don't want to say that. I'm not going to start off Friday <laughs> in the evening with a draw. I'm not going to say that. I think I give this win to Houston in okay. this matchup. Um, uh, Houston's a team that also needs to get a win under them. They're coming off a 1 1 draw over North Carolina last weekend. Um, but this is a good matchup, and and Houston playing at home, they have the upper hand over Orlando. I give the win to Houston in this one. Who do you have between Rachel Daly and and the Sydney Leroux of it all?
1: You know what? That's that's I think that's a matchup that folks are going to be keeping an eye on, right? We don't have we're again we're we're doing this live with everybody on a Thursday, so uh, something like availability reports uh, aren't uh, released quite yet. So we're sort of uh, going in blind in terms of players that might actually be available in this one. But in the event that it's a pretty clean slate for all teams involved, I think folks are going to be keeping an eye on that when you're looking at a daily for Houston, or if you're looking for a LaRue in Orlando, I'm with you as well. I think that uh, for, for Houston, they want to, they want to get in there and, and put a good result together and maybe get a win at home for, for their fans. They've been putting up some, some decent attendance uh, if, uh, that we've been seeing uh in mm-hmm. the couple games that they've had but they've yet to be able to come out and deliver a victory at, at home but that's uh even with saying that they've been incredibly competitive in the couple fixtures that they've had out in Houston and uh at PNC stadium they they always kind of you know they try to put together these good results but they've got that opening loss against San Diego and and the uh the excuse me the draw against North Carolina so in, within that still a lot of com- competitive uh, football that we've been seeing from Houston so I'm, I'm also kind of leaning more towards them this is a game that I thought maybe I'd go back and forth with I think there are some some players on each side that have a little bit more familiarity with the respective opposition but mostly there are a handful of players who are new to this sort of closer rivalry between Orlando and, and Houston. So with players on the Houston side of things like um, having Vigiano now as a midfield option, who used to be with the pride, uh, somebody like Maria Sanchez, who has been uh, an incredible asset for this team and in, in their pickup in the off season, I'm, it's making me lean a little bit more towards Houston dash in this one. I'm I'm a little bit concerned that maybe it's going to be a draw but I don't want to use my draw this early. <laughs> that's how I thought. That's <laughs> how I how I, felt, like, I don't want to use my draw this early in the picks on the show. So I think it might be narrow. I think it might be a narrow scoreline yeah. uh, and I'm going to pick a winner and I'm also going to go dash in this one as well. Oh, I like that. So narrow like 1-0. Yeah, I think it's going to it's going to come down to like who's going to get that that quick break. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's in these, in these very specific moments of the game. That's something else that we've been seeing from these two sides, like seeing daily get that equalizer in stoppage time of the first half, or uh, you know, Darian Jenkins, you know, snatching that win away from, from the spirit late, late in stoppage time. it's going to happen in, in these very curious moments of, of a match. I wouldn't be surprised if, if the game winner or the breakthrough kind of comes through in, in an area like that. So I'm, I'm going Houston as well. I one. love
0: that. So um we have some, some people in the chat talking about how it's really hard for players in Orlando or Floridians to go to Houston and play in the rain or anything like that. Uh, There is a little bit of precipitation tomorrow in Houston, Texas, 40% in the evening. So there is a chance of showers for this match, but I mean, wow, degrees, like 60% humidity, Um, isolated thunderstorms Friday in Houston. So That could change things. I think it gives the advantage to Houston. We're Um, going to keep an eye on it for sure. I mean, if there's a ton of rain like that, then it might might lead to some surprises
1: uh, in front of goal. For sure, but uh I think I'm comfortable with a rain. With, game. I yeah, I'm,
0: I'm comfortable I'm pushing for a rain game now. <laughs> oh no, 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 no.
1: If it's gonna be rain, just rain. No, no lightning or stoppages or exactly, anything like that. Just rain. We'll see. Uh, next one for Friday, it's gonna be Portland Thorns versus Angel City. Couple teams with some familiarity around each other, having faced one another during the challenge cup group stage, Angel City. Handing Portland that loss in the end of uh, group stage, sort of eliminating them from contention and defending their Challenge Cup title. When we're looking at these two, they said we've got Portland Thorns coming off of that two-two draw against uh, Chicago, and now facing and hosting Angel City. Who who you got in this one, and why?
0: I like that you referenced the Challenge Cup because these two teams were in in the same group in the West region, and Portland took the first win over Angel City 3-0, and then Angel City stole a, a Challenge Cup playoff spot from Portland with a 1-0 win for Angel City, Um, and that's where we saw Kristen Press getting a penalty kick goal for Angel City, Um, but between these two sides, uh, frankly, Portland's been showing a lot. I mean, uh, in the match against Chicago that Portland just tied 2-2, there was a lack of a little bit of consistency. I think Chicago outplayed Portland uh, for a bit in that match, but it was really back and forth. However, Chicago went up both times and then Portland came back from this one. And if Portland's having struggles scoring that first early goal, I don't know if Angel City is going to score that first early goal. So between these two sides, honestly, this is a pretty big matchup because Angel <laughs> City is also coming off of A nil one loss to Gotham that they just suffered. This is probably my match of the weekend between Portland and Angel City. It's a late night on Friday at 10 30. Between these two sides. I, I could see it as a draw. I'm not going to say draw, though. I like to save these. I don't know why. I'm even, <laughs> I'm even dangling it out there. I think Portland's going to win this one. I think Portland wants to get back on the winning side of things. Um, they're coming off of that 2 2 draw. And then uh, before that, they had another draw um, against Washington before they lost to Houston. So they haven't won in a handful of matches for Portland. And that's troublesome to me. This is a, a match that they know Angel City. They know how um Freya Coombe likes to set up. They know how dangerous Kristen Press can be. Um, so I give Portland the win in this one. Listen, I'm I'm with you
1: uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned already. This is this is a match that I was maybe going back and forth a little bit on, but I'm not just going with Portland for all the reasons that you mentioned. I need to see a win from Portland. Yeah. I need to see it. We have not seen a win from this Portland side uh, since April 30th. Their, their home opener, their regular season opener, that 3-0 win against Kansas city. And it's just been a ton of draws and they had that two zero loss against uh, Houston as well, which was something uh, a little bit of a quick turnaround for, for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a little trouble with uh, at home. And then now coming off of this two, two draw against Chicago. And I, I believe I mentioned this in the recap of that two, two draw that there was something about getting to watch this Portland thorn side live. Mm-hmm. And to get a bigger picture and see the actual full spectrum of this team and the things that they've uh, have working for them, are the things that they're still currently developing. I'm very impressed with Sam Coffee in the middle yeah. for them. Um, I think that she's been, uh, you know, rising to the challenge in her first year. Not, not really seeing a, a, a struggle for me, uh, from me in terms of that uh, that making that leap to the pro level. Uh, I really do like what she's uh, providing for them uh, in the middle there. And I really like Sophia Smith and what we've been seeing from her in 2022. And uh, I want to continue to see, uh, you know, her activity in the final third. I would like to see her, you know, get a breakthrough on, on goal in this one and in front of the the home side. I, I'm, I'm not saying that this is going to be a match that's going to be this wild shootout, you know, kind of big lopsided scoreline. I don't think so. I think what we've been seeing with teams that have a lot of familiarity with each other, stemming from the challenge cup, we've seen things play a, a, a little bit more tightly and, um, a little bit more narrow in the in the score lines, anyway. So I'm not I, I don't imagine that this one's going to be a, a real big lopsided score or a heavy ho- score line, mm-hmm. uh, despite having some shooters on each side. Whether it's a Smith or or, or a Press or you know who, whomever a Charlie a, a Sinclair whoever's available going to be presenting in, in those attacks. But uh, I'm just looking at Portland and hearing uh, Coach Wilkinson talk a little bit uh, in in the post game as well. That there are just things that that they are that this team already knows that they just yeah. need to continue to implement moving forward. They know she said that we know that this is a transitional league and we can't do things like allow other players to get that you know getting quick on us like they saw against uh, like like Malpue. So I'm uh, I'm eager to sort of see what they're gonna take out of that draw and then kind of be able to present. And this new one, and uh, I'm going to be going with, with Portland Thorns uh, in this match. I'm not going to put a scoreline on it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be the match that's uh, after dark. So 10.30 <laughs> p.m. Eastern time, if you're on the East Coast, it's going to be a late one. So those tend to provide a lot of uh, fireworks, and we'll see what happens. But we've got four matches to go through for Saturday. The quadruple header kicks off with Chicago Red Stars versus OL Rain Saturday. 3 p.m. Eastern. Lisa,
0: when you're looking at these two matching up, who do you got and why? I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm giving Over. you my pick up front here. They are coming off of the midweek match um, that we just talked about, and they tied 1-1. That's their second tie in a row. So Chicago it needs to get back on the winning side of things. We saw limited minutes from Mallory Pugh. I expect to see more of her in this match against O.L. Reign, and that's... Uh, She's a difference maker. She can score goals. She can get into the attack. And and for a team like OL Reign, they they're coming off of a win over San Diego, but they've they've struggled with scoring goals. They have, and and despite the chances that OL Reign gets going up against a goalkeeper like Alyssa Nair for Chicago Red Stars, I don't see Nair giving up. Too many goals. Now we talked about the set pieces for Chicago, sure. and they've been struggling on them, whether it's corner kicks or set piece opportunities, free kicks around the box. And OL Rain has a lot of good players that can deliver a ball. I mean, they've got Sophia Huerta that is going to whip balls into the box constantly all night long. If there's a set piece, we'll most likely see Huerta taking this for OL Rain. However, Chicago now has been burned three times on set pieces. That's that's a conversation. I can guarantee you that they're watching film today. They're looking at their mistakes and marking up and and how Sam Staub was able to get that goal against them last night. And I think that's an area that they're going to be extremely keyed in on this weekend against OL Reign. And I'm expecting more minutes from Mallory Pugh. And and Chicago just creates more chances in front of the goal. And maybe they don't create more chances, but the chances that they create, they put them away. And OL Reign hasn't done that so i'm giving the upper hand to chicago in this match and i know that you are happy about that sandra but I'm, who do I'm you thrilled.
1: have <laughs> i'm thrilled to hear it i love to hear it whenever you pick uh chicago uh listen i thought am i gonna have to do this again am i gonna have to use my draw for I, chicago I am i gonna have to use it for this match and you know what i said no i'm not gonna do it i did it for chicago and portland and i was correct who knows i might I might regret it. In this I race. could see this being
0: a draw, frankly, but I just don't it's think Chicago is going to draw three games in a row, four games in a row. It's, it's it's two days of rest, though, and and you know what? It's it, it probably
1: is just two days of rest. There's, I would imagine there's not going to be a ton of uh, high contact training. You know, maybe it's going to be more emphasis on recovery for a game like this, having coming coming off of a game just so recently, and and the facility in which they had that match at a place like Segra Field, where it was. Bad turf, ball bounces around everywhere, straight up, very difficult to play at times. I'm going with Chicago, too. I'm going with a win, and I'm going to go Red Stars, too. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm with you. We've seen this team put together some pretty good performances, and I think what I've been most impressed with this Chicago Red Stars team in 2022 is that it doesn't matter who they're slotting in because their system in 2022 is working. We saw a bunch of new faces get tagged with starts. We saw two players get their first ever NW regular, the regular season starts uh, against Washington Spirit. And whoever they're plugging in into their system knows their role and they're executing it to the best of their ability. So I'm looking at this match and I'm curious as to who is going to get the start considering there was that midweek match. Uh, is, is it going to be Pew who's going to maybe go 60 versus coming in, in in the second half and going just 45 We'll see. We'll see when those lineups drop. But I'm liking the system so far for Chicago, and I'm looking at on the two opposite goalposts here. We're looking at Valentina Joyce in one, and we're looking at Alyssa Nair in the other. These are two incredible goalkeepers right now in NWSL, and uh, who knows? It could it could be a real, real low scoreline if it comes down. To that, so we'll we'll
0: see. But I love that yeah. we're both going Red Stars, and yeah. I think Mallory Pugh's is going to start. I mean, she started against Portland two matches ago. She didn't start minute management midweek against Washington Spirit. Right. I think Pugh is going to get a start. I think she wants to start. I think she's ready to start. She fit. Let's go. Put her in there, Chris Petroselli. All right, go, we got Pugh. we both got Chicago. Let's take a look at
1: this next one: Gotham FC versus Washington Spirit. Saturday, seven p.m. Eastern. This one is kicking off let's take a look let's 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 break it down we've got Gotham who we have been talking about a lot in terms of their their attack and what they're presenting out on the pitch or lack like thereof and then we've got a Washington spirit side again on a quick turnaround Lisa who you got in this one and why
0: so we've picked all the same picks so far up until this point just a little bit Houston Portland and Chicago I, I'm just not that confident in Gotham and what they can do. And anyone that listens to this or has been on here consistently knows that I, I'm, I'm not high on Gotham. I just don't think that they have any consistency in what they're doing. Their midfield continues to not be able to control games. And that's where games are won and lost. And, and looking just at the midfield for Gotham versus the midfield for Washington, I've been really impressed with um, Almer. And if Andy Sullivan is getting more minutes for Washington, they're going to continue this game playing so many games back to back. They've played uh, midweek last week, last weekend, midweek this week, and then this weekend game. That's a lot of games in in a row. And we are starting to see the fatigue. We saw that in the midweek match um, against Chicago for Washington. But that doesn't stop them in their ability to still be dangerous and and have those moments of incredible attacking presence. And defensively, we're seeing so many great things from Kingsbury and Goal. I think uh, Sonnet can do really well in possession for Washington. They can build out of the back, and and they have Staub in the in central back as well. I give Washington Spirit this win over Gotham. I just I need to see more from Gotham in their consistency. And we haven't seen it when Gotham's forwards get the ball. They, they're not taking advantage of the opportunities that they're given. They can get in behind back, back lines. They can get on a break and create really good scoring opportunities, but the ball, it's like their brains are a half step behind their bodies or their bodies are a half step behind their brains and the players aren't on the same page across yeah. the board. So I give, I give Washington this one for you. Who do you have is, is Scott Parkinson going to get a win for Gotham? Listen, I hear you hundred percent. I'm with you. I feel like,
1: when it comes to you and I hopping on a- A3 and we got to chat about Gotham, we're, we're, finding ourselves having to repeat ourselves when it comes to this this team because we're just not seeing um the improvement. We're not really seeing the, the development. Now they had a tough uh they had a tough another tough one where they came out with the win, a narrow scoreline. But this is this is a team when you're looking at their overall some of their overall the data around them. I mean they're they ranked last in the league right now and even even total touches. On the ball, they're they're ranked last, and and expected goals, they're they're ranked last, and and expected and expected uh you know assists you know in their xa versus their xg. It's 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 not something that is is uh you know what did I pre- preface it at in the last one I said it, I asked us a, a question I said even though they won in their previous match, did we get any new answers to the constant questions that we keep asking a of Gotham FC? And the answer was no. <laughs> we did it. You said no. And I said, great. I also think no. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I'm looking at in this one, when it comes to making a pick, and I'm going to give it here, it's going to be, I'm going, I've saved my draw for this one, but I'm going to tell you why. Something when we I was thinking about Portland and Angel City, I'm looking at with Gotham and Washington Spirit. Again, these are teams that are not unfamiliar with each other. We're we're, we're seeing this trend with teams who went head-to-head in the group stage in the Challenge Cup and how they're sort of playing each other in the regular season. I think that familiarity kind of prevents a little bit of a clog sometimes in the match. We got a Spirit side that is still dealing with some heavy match load. We're talking about another quick turnaround I just don't know if there's going to be a winner in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be, if it is a draw, if it's going to be a low scoreline just because of maybe some of the fatigue that might come into play for the Spirit side and Gotham's
0: inability to generate a lethal attack right now. Yeah, completely. I mean, the goal that Gotham scored against Angel City was incredibly well struck by Ifeo Amano, but it was defensive angel city trying to build out of the back. They, they actually intercepted the ball and then trying to clear it out. And Gotham's able to win it back and just turn and score. It was almost like um, a turnover in, in a sense, but they have their generation, like generating attack is not there for Gotham. That's what they, they can't do that. They have scored on mistakes in the attacking end from their opponents. And I don't see a big mistake happening from Washington because they know that they're they know that they're tired. They are tired. They've played a lot of yep. games. So the build out from the back is either going to be incredibly simple or they're going to look to play long. But I don't see that because they've got tired legs. So they'll, Washington will look to build out of the back with Kingsbury starting it. And they'll play incredibly simple and force Gotham to chase up front, which Gotham can do. They've got the, the forwards to chase and do that. Listen, and I would love to see it. I would. I'm I'm over here p- making my pick as a
1: draw, but I want to see that. I want to see the the big sided score line <laughs> from Gotham. I'm I'm still waiting to, to see. So hope we'll see. Hopefully this is a match to do it. But for in terms of the pick, I'm I'm going with the draw in this one. We've got Racing Louisville versus North Carolina Courage as our next match. That one is kicking off Saturday as well, 8 p.m. Eastern. Listen. You go first. You go first in this one. Who are you picking in these two? I want to hear it. I'm going to go with North Carolina Courage with these two. I said I, I went with Racing Louisville. I like what we've been seeing from them. Uh, I love what we've been seeing in some of the uh, some of the duos. I said on their team, mm-hmm. I'm liking uh, what we're seeing out of uh, Savannah Demello, um, how uh, Jalen they she and Jalen Howe are kind of developing in this midfield together uh, with with Racing. I'm really liking what we're seeing between Lauren Malay and and Jess McDonald, and they went on an undefeated streak uh, there. And I said if they were going to make it to five. Undefeated uh, in matches, that I was going to come on here and ring that bell and say, "Why aren't we talking more about racing Louisville?" But they dropped it. They dropped the ball, so I can't come on here and do that. But they're hosting—they're uh, hosting this one in uh, in racing, and I'm looking at this North Carolina Courage side, and um, they have struggled in their regular season. Uh, some of the success that they had in Challenge Cup to kind of maybe translate that over into the regular season, and some of the, some of the challenges within that have been, you know, not having a lot of time to develop a rhythm. Um, they had the overlap due to the extended run that they made in challenge cup. They had a game postponed, uh, due to, uh, players out under COVID protocol. Uh, they've had a couple players out, um, due to illness or injury or otherwise, it's tough to develop, uh, chemistry, uh, in, in your regular season when you kind of have some of these breaks within it. Um, but a big thing for me, we had, uh, we don't have an update on, on Caroline, but, yeah. um, yeah. It's something that I'm thinking about. I'm curious. She said she was going to be out for a few weeks, and it's June now. So she's been absent for the entire month of May for this team in the regular season. Which is technically a few weeks. Which is technically a few weeks. So uh, it's likely to be that the availability reports for these two teams will drop uh, sometime on a Friday evening. um, And then we will have more clarity on that. But I got to be frank, even without it, I'm going to look at North Carolina Courage and I got to I got to say that they are going to maybe try to build off the draw, the point that they finally got, and then try to go ahead and build on that and get a win. I'm, I'm, uh, I hope hopeful that uh, somebody like Diana or Dornes can can get in the back of the net again. So I'm going to encourage in this one. Somebody I like
0: to does. hear your hope about North Carolina. I do because they're a team that has a lot of hope, and I think that they do as well. And they know that they can build off of certain things. Uh, without the availability report, this is a little bit difficult for me to pick with yep. Caroline in the mix. I don't think that is this, is this your draw? <laughs> this is my draw. This is my draw, completely my draw. So with, with Caroline in the mix, I don't think she'll get 90, right? Like right. She, you don't go out that much and you've got to build yourself back up. So say Caroline is available, whether she starts or comes off the bench, it will help North Carolina. It'll give them a lift. I think, um, I I see goals in this one, maybe a 1-1, but this is definitely my draw. What we've seen from Racing Louisville has been um good, not just good, but really consistent because not only are they scoring goals and able to do that, but they can also keep shutouts. And they this is also a Racing Louisville team that knows that in order to win games, you have to get on the board and also keep a shutout. And that's what they've done in the games that they have won. 1-0 over Gotham. Um, they did 1-0 over San Diego Wave. So the fact that they can keep a shutout is really promising to me and also score goals. And we've seen Racing Louisville score goals in a variety of ways. They've forced own goals. They've scored goals on set pieces. They've done breakaway opportunities. They've seen shots from distance as well. So because of that, I'm, I'm going to go with a draw in this one. I know awesome. – I respect I, it. Yeah, I, I see a one-one draw. I'll even I, put a score line on it. I
1: I, re- I respect it. Honestly, I I think we 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 are trying to do a good job of not always going with a, a draw. Maybe try to pick a winner or loser, but sometimes you gotta just settle for it. And and I and I. I'm with you. I think maybe this one could have have the makings um, of that. But um, let's uh, close it out with this final match. We've got Kansas City Current versus San Diego Wave. This one's going to be kicking off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern.
0: When we're looking at these two teams, Lisa, you got a winner in this one? I do. I have San Diego winning. Um, San Diego has been really fun to watch. This is a team that has proven that defensively that they can – play well throughout the NWSL, which is not an easy thing to say. And they can also score goals. I mean, they're coming off of a a loss to O.L. Reign that happened last weekend. But um, before that, they've scored a lot of goals in, in this season. And Kansas City is a team that's been struggling with Getting on the board and staying on the board. I mean, when we look at their goals against nine for this year. So defensively, there's been some breakups from Kansas City. And if Alex Morgan can get on the back shoulder, um, they have, San Diego has a lot of different attacking weapons that can score goals, that can get in behind. I think defensively, they're very sound. They're just getting stronger in their yeah. back with Germa, Gurma, and, and Sheridan. It's, they've been at the top of the standings for the entirety of this regular season. And that's something that makes me think they're about to slip and start falling down a little bit, but not against Kansas city. Um, yeah, I honestly see a couple goals in this one, maybe like a two one, but I still have San Diego wave taking the win in, in this match over Kansas city. But I mean, with players like Kristen Hamilton and Mace, uh, yeah. Edmonds has also been doing yeah. tremendously well. They've got Kansas city has a lot of really good rookies with Luera and Elise Bennett, but the consistency from those rookies isn't quite there yet. Yeah. And, and we're seeing a, a bit more consistency from San Diego throughout this yeah. year. So I have the wave in this one. I'm
1: with you 100%. I think uh, while we were happy to see Kansas City find some success in the Challenge Cup, similar to North Carolina, they've they've struggled to, to make that transition into the regular se- season. So that hasn't really translated. And part of it, again, similar to North Carolina, could be um, the fact that they've been um, dealing with some, some key players who are missing, they, they know that they are going to be without Lynn Williams. That's not new. Um, Mm -hmm. that's a season ending. Um, Sam Mewis is someone who has, you know, a little bit of a a longer recovery there. There was a moment in time in which players were impacted by COVID-19 So they have uh, struggled to find a rhythm or generate a rhythm in this regular season as well. And while there are uh, a ton of new pieces and new faces on Kansas City that I'm very excited about, whether it's uh, Alex Loero or Nelise Bennett, I just don't think that's going to be enough in this game against a wave side that's led by Casey Stoney and Alex Morgan. At the moment Uh, and honest, honestly, coming off of uh, that, win, they finally got the breakthrough, they got their first three points of the season, but it was not a pretty impressive game from them uh, going up against racing Louisville that match. We want to talk about a little bit of a, of a slog. That one yeah. was absolutely a slog over the course of Memorial Day weekend. They only recorded four total shots, two on target, and then were able to get the breakthrough um, very, very
0: early on a penalty. So it's yeah, the third minute that, and a yeah. PK from Lola Bonta. Like so and it was not, a mistake by Racing Louisville to foul in the box. Like I, I'm ju-
1: again, I, maybe I'm I'm it's like I'm just not seeing it quite yet. I uh, again, I like the pieces. But I'm just not seeing it uh, from from Kansas City right now. So when I'm looking at the opposition, when I'm looking at San Diego, I just there's just more there for me. I'm very impressed with what we've seen out of Naomi Girma in the back mm-hmm. line. Sort of okay, this this sort of wonderful spine that we're starting to see come to life for San Diego. Uh, it's uh, it really does start with with Sheridan and Girma, and it leads all the way up to the top to Alex Morgan. So I uh, I want to see more of that. Uh, from from San Diego and I'm also going with them in a win in this one as well so a lot of similarity for us in our picks in this one Lisa we've got a couple draws that of course were the combo breakers but uh, we'll see we're going to be back here to uh, to recap these matches and see if we were correct or incorrect and and we always love chatting about if we were wrong or or right uh, but thank you all so much uh, for joining us as always we appreciate you so much for listening to attacking third you can follow us on tiktok twitter and instagram now at attacking third we're on apple podcast spotify stitcher whenever you listen to your podcast shows we're also available as video subscribe to us visit youtube.com slash attacking third if you have questions for us you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcast with your question and answer to the mailbag segment and we'll be back with more on sunday for a full live recap for sandra Huda and lisa roman this was attacking